We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is another week of episode. Oh, another week of episode. Another week of brunch culture. The weekly show where everything is up for discussion. Yes, and we here at Brunch Culture, we don't almost curse. We don't curse pretending like we almost, we almost curse. curse, right? Like like a oh, I just uh, you see how that happened. <laughs> but y'all need to go get some stockings and wear y'all stockings because y'all out here you you're making these deacons lust after you. Why does this? You lady know what? Make what confused me about this because she's supposed to read the Bible because she has all those degrees that we don't know the school doesn't exist. Trump anyway, University. that's not. <laughs> she has all these degrees. The Bible says it's what comes out of you is what's already in you, not what jumped on you from somebody from else. Somebody else, right? So I'm just trying to figure out ooh, what is the spirit that's transferring that's cussing. I just honestly want Juanita <laughs> Bottoms to just stop making, just just stop making videos, y'all. Just stop. Like it, it's one of those things that I feel like she saw. Like she probably saw plies. She see Kyle. Wow. She see all these internet people that's like making, you know, they making videos for the internet and people keep talking about them. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to make videos, but I'm going to make church videos. And but I'm you know what confuses God. me though? What? The pony that's in the background. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that really bothers me. It's like a whole kind of carnival scene. And this is what makes me not think she's in her right mind. I'm not going to tell you when I think she lost it because Randall said that's true. <laughs> it's real, real. No, please don't say that. <laughs> but I just got to say that something in this video, it's not even what she's saying. What she's saying is obviously stupid. But number two is the background that makes me think that she, she got a not pony okay. in the background. I ain't never noticed yeah, she a pony. Has a pony. It's like a whole <laughs> carnival thing. It's light. It's weird. And that's her bedroom. That's because it's like a bedroom of a two year old. And something's not right. And we really need to we need to really talk about that. <laughs> She's in touch with her useful self. <laughs> I guess I don't know I don't know if this is something she always wanted she couldn't get as a child I don't know but I wouldn't be surprised if she got a Fisher Price kitchen set in there <laughs> not <laughs> Fisher just... Price she got one of those uh, easy make ovens <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because it's just a lot I don't it's confusing I don't understand it I want it to stop and the fact that it's her background for her videos is is it's interesting i, I just, just so wait because i always i always see these clips i really don't ever honestly if somebody does i'm gonna post see you a clip, clip where the background it. is more visible i'm gonna look on <laughs> on facebook but does she are these like you does she have like a youtube channel or something she does I, facebook live every day i think monday through friday oh and she says all right i see you come on in the room Come on in the room. Is that? It's like I be wanting to say, is this the food you gonna serve me in this room? Is this real? Is this plastic? 
Because I feel like you got that kitchen set in there. <laughs> she got that easy bake oven, which I ain't gonna be mad at the easy bake oven. Yo, my sister. Because the real food you can make in that. Yo, you can. Yo, they, they. My sister had an easy bake oven. We used to make the little cookie things, and it was like a little cake. They had the little cake mix. The saddest thing is, we were like, so we. My sister only used it when it was new and never used it again because my mom would never go and buy like the replenished stuff. <laughs> So I done put an egg in there. <laughs> wow. To try to scramble an egg. She used to have the little thing, used to slide it in. So I was like, oh, I can scramble some eggs in here. I didn't I said I was I warmed up like some bologna. It was it's bad. It's, it's not what Easy Bake Oven was made for. Wow, that's hilarious. So I'm trying to find this video as you're talking. I'm trying to find her on here. It looked like she might have taken this page down. Well, I'm actually, so I, I also went on there to find, because I, I never knew where these clips were coming from. I just or maybe saw it's people, Doctor, because I just uh, put her name in there. I got to put her real, her, um, with her credentials. So then, oh, it is under Dr. Juanita Bonham. That's why I couldn't find it. See, wait, you got to. Seriously? Yeah. This graduation elevation is October 27th. You want to go, Randall? Absolutely not. I'm good. Get your tickets. Admission is free now. Wait, so she has a, an official page that's under Juanita Bynum and a page that's under Doctor? I don't see a Juanita. I just see Dr. Juanita Bynum. And the at is at I am Juanita Bynum. So, yeah, I'm just trying to find this background with the pony. Well, as you look for that, we'll <laughs> we'll move on. Um, so what else is happening? Uh, in mimosas and orange juice for uh, this week. Um, craziness continues in its administration, uh, responding uh, to deaths of Niger. Is that is that how you pronounce Niger. it? Niger. Niger. Yeah. Um. So, uh, four soldiers, I believe, were killed in the ambush there. And one was an African-American male that was 25. And a Congresswoman, Frederica, what's her last name? Can it just escaped me. Yeah. yeah. It, it was just but she, she had a program, mentoring program that the gentleman was in. And he went through the program and obviously joined the military. And he was killed there. And so he was. she was with the family as they were going to view the body. And she said that the wife had just been told um, prior to her taking the call with uh, President Trump that they weren't going to be able to have an open casket because the body was so, was so mutilated. And so she's actually going through all of these emotions. Frederica Wilson. I'm sorry. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Williams and I knew that wasn't right. Yeah. So not, I mean, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. Yeah. Wilson was in there when she found out about her husband's body and she was in a ball about balled up in, in the limo. And so the press, she had the president on speakerphone and so General Kelly was like, why was she, why was she even listening in? And I'm like, do you understand the backstory, her connection to the family? And it doesn't matter if she had it on speakerphone. Like, that's her choice to include everybody in the limo. That's the wife's choice to do that. And Absolutely. she decided to do it because she's close to everybody in there. So that's not even to me. I was like, why would you even bring that up? Because it's not like the congresswoman forced herself on the phone. She put it on speaker. Um, so that's number one. But he said that basically he knew what he signed up for 
in 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 his remarks um to her and he, at first he said he didn't say it but general kelly and sarah huckabee all kind of alluded to the fact that he said it but it was taken wrong and so frederica uh, congresswoman frederica wilson wasn't lying which donald trump made it seem like she was lying at first right so i just it's just a really adding to the fact that he doesn't know what to say out of his mouth and it seems like he's incapable of empathy yeah that so the the real because i've had obviously you know listening to the news and you see a lot of people go back and forth about like oh well you know he didn't say it was taken out of context it was taken the wrong way you got to look at the whole statement the whole statement that he made was you know he knew what he got himself into but it still i i guess it i think it was the quote was i guess he knew what he got himself into but i guess it still hurts either way and the thing is when you're making statements to somebody that has lost a loved one in combat and defending our country, you're very careful about the words you say. You have to be very careful about the words you say, right? Because it can be a candid moment and you being a person that ha- is not experiencing in this, in that moment, you might say something that's just, you know, that's stupid and rude. So it's like, yo, you're the president. Again, I just said this la- last episode. Bro, you can have the best of the best people writing for you, uh, <laughs> saying, like, uh, ensuring, not even writing for you, just ensuring that what you're going to say or what you plan to say is not insensitive. It's coming across the right way that, you know, the media can't chop it up in su- such a way. Once you realize also that this has been a problem, you do those things, you employ those people and and. It just kind of it was like, truthfully, you can't really argue about it because still that that statement of he knew what him, he, he got himself into or I guess he knew what he got himself into. That shouldn't have been included at all. That is not consoling. That doesn't help. It does not help the situation like and this lady is also forgive me if I'm wrong, but she's pregnant as well. So they have two mm-hmm. children. She was pregnant with a third child. So not only is she lost her husband, but she also is about to be a single mom to three children. Right. And so you think about like, this is, this is huge, right? <laughs> this is, and then too, on top of that, knowing that he was, his body was left there unattended for 48 hours. And, you know, there was like miscommunication about how he got, if, if he was being held captive or if he was still alive or had he died and you know, how did everybody else get out and he didn't and you know, his body was just laying there. Like there's so many unanswered questions at the time that like you, you, you approach this thing, you know what, let me make sure that I, I'm on top of my game. Let me make sure I don't say the wrong thing with this because I don't want to add additional insult to injury, you know, like she's already going through enough. And that's, I think that's, for people that try to work out the problems of, oh, you know, it's the media taking and slicing and dicing and doing things, which I'm not going to even argue that. Because honestly, what I even for me, the headline, the, the very first headline that I saw, it said that that was his response, like just in general. And I was like, wait, 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 what? I thought this was 
like he said this and and because there was there had been a lot of talk about um if he would call the family so i thought people were saying that that was his response to the question of if he would call the families and then like reading and being like oh he had a conversation oh here's the direct quote if you read the whole direct quote it's like uh i i think people we're giving people an out by not telling the full truth the, the full truth of what he said is just terrible enough you know what i'm saying like you don't don't make it seem like don't clickbait it to make it seem like that's all he said tell the whole thing this is what he said but that's still problematic in that yo somebody's died like yeah you have i think small he has children. The, i think it's it's so sad like even when he tries the empathy is just not there like even at his best attempt like i feel like to, he, he thought, doesn't have to have it i yeah. think that's truthfully oh boy does not have to he don't have to have it he doesn't have to view and he's probably never deployed it in his 70 something years isn't he 70 something yeah and never had to that's the thing and we'll probably and we'll never have to i i would i would not be surprised if being in this space of being president and having constant eyes on him if that is probably the most challenging because this is the first time that you have people that are constantly holding you accountable for what you say and for what you do especially to people that aren't a part of the people that you're used to being around right um if you walk around with such an arrogance of being like yo i'm just gonna grab women by you know their 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 privates then obviously you know like and and that is your quote-unquote locker room talk obviously you don't have anybody that's telling you you know you can't do this or you shouldn't say this or this is a problem so you really aren't you aren't used to that you aren't used to that and that's why we keep getting these things and this is probably like i believe the frustrations because him saying like yo you know the, the media are trying to twist thing the media is trying to twist things and my friend was like he's always backpedaling i was like honestly in my mind i think he truly th he believes that he really believes that the media is twisting his actions because for him nobody's never made this this man like have to think about what he's saying and have to be empathetic to other people and put himself in other people's shoes get out of here put myself in your shoes Nah, i don't got to i make too much money i'm not that guy Mm -hmm. which is horrible for a president yeah and that's why he shouldn't be the president or anybody um, in power uh because you know his homeboy harvey harvey weinstein ain't uh it's not too different um so i think the yeah. this came out first was it the video or the, the audio that this came out first the audio i don't know how the thing came out was it the i know the audio came out but I thought, was he exposed before that, though? I don't or know. Or was it just the audio? It could, I think it's the audio. Um, okay. At least that's what I heard first. The audio of him, you know, basically trying to coerce a woman um, to... that she, she essentially, you know, lets him know, like, hey, I'm uncomfortable. And he's kind of basically saying like yo you want to get on you want these things let's just do this she says like i'm really uncomfortable and so it kind of starts this whole national debate about um people in power particularly in hollywood and how they use their power and their influence to get people to do certain things so you start to talk about oh you know you have uh, actresses that are 
that have found themselves in compromising situations and just kind of gave in and they've become successful because of a relationship, sexual relationship or things that they allow this person, this man in power to do. Um, so what's interesting though is since then, um, Lupita Nyong'o, she actually came out basically saying her, did you read the, the piece that she did, the interview that she did when she talked about it? I, but was... I did see like a story on like entertainment tonight about it. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. talks about like her experience with him, um, with Harvey Weinstein specifically. And then what's interesting too, is Terry Cruz actually said that he had a situation, um, not with Harvey Weinstein, but he said another exec and he said they were at like an industry event. Um, it was he and, and he his wife. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy just came up private. to him and groped him. And, you know, he was just kind of like it was one of those things that he just kind of had to as frustrated as he was. He just kind of had to let it go. He and his wife left after it happened, but they just kind of had to, like, sweep it under the rug because he didn't want to be blackballed because of it. What is annoying, though, is that, like, I mean, these people have already always exist. I think I get annoyed by the fact that people seem so shocked. Like they like, didn't know it was going on. Yeah, like. Oh my gosh. And I think this speaks to a bigger problem that we have because we talk we've we've talked about this before, but this idea that money and and success and wealth makes you super smart, it makes you a good wholesome person even when you get money and you do nice things. Cuz a lot of people with money do nice things and a lot of those people are really jacked up in the head, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel like we have to stop looking at people that have power, influence, and money and say that they are just, oh, no, they're good because it, it's just baffling to me that so many people are like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that this happened and I I would have never thought that people were like this. I was even, in, and you guys know I listen to Ricky Smiley's morning show like every morning um, during the week and he was saying like, oh, so you mean to tell me it's guys that's out here that don't got no game and so that's just using their power and influence to get stuff out of women. Not Ricky. And I'm just like, bruh, no, this happens. Like he's around hip hop culture. And that happens all the time in hip hop culture. Yeah, it's just like, yo, you know that this is a thing. And I, I it's just frustrating though, because I'm like I feel like we either, we gotta be playing dumb. Ain't nobody this dumb. Like we can't be this dumb. We know this happens, and not that it just happens in Hollywood and entertainment. We know that it happens in in every field that you can think of. Right? People use what they have. They use their step ahead or leg ahead or, or money or whatever to coerce people to do other things. And I think the minute we start stop being reactive and start being proactive, then pe- there will be a comfortable enough space for people to say this. Because what's interesting is, you know, people are talking about Harvey Weinstein, but there's so many other people, I'm sure, that are probably his colleagues, his boys, his homeboys, whoever, that are involved in it too. But there's a, a circle of secrecy and silence and us continuing to look at people that have like, this this status and say oh no well they can do it because they've been successful like no success don't mean you're a good person it just don't like 
mm-hmm. you can be successful and really jacked up. And, you know, a lot of successful people are jacked up. Why? Because you stop having to answer to people. You stop having to, you know, live by somebody else's rules to whatever degree. And you start being able to create your own rules. So when you can do that, people really misuse that and people have the opportunity to misuse it. So they in turn do. And so we sitting around acting like we just shocked and it's like, I don't really get why we shocked, yo. We're shocking. Yeah. This has been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, I heard Oprah say something when on the, um, is it, I don't know what the show is. CBS is early morning. I think it's early morning show. The one with Gail. Uh-huh. And she was talking about the only silver lining in this has is it it has empowered women to talk about it, and with mm-hmm. the Me Too hashtag coming out, and people being vocal about their experiences and being able to take their power back, and people feel empowered. It it's exposing things that need to be exposed, and it's bringing to light things that need to be brought to light. So people get real that real healing they need because the healing comes with first that kind of exposing the situation so you could deal with it. And so it's empower other women and men who have been assaulted to see they're not alone and to, to share their stories and get, get the help they need. Absolutely. And I, I, so what's interesting too, though, is with the hashtag, which I think is amazing. I think we're doing it. I think that we have to make sure that people are empowered to share to use the hashtag, but if they feel necessary to even still be able to share their story and we listen, um, and then we, we, we are mindful of what this means because one thing that I think that we, we can do when people tend to do is get so enthralled by the hashtag and not think about the work that has to go along with this in order for it to be there. So it mm-hmm. is, it's amazing that people feel empowered to, you know, hashtag me too and, and acknowledge that they have experienced it. But I think the tr- truly the way that you start to tackle the issue is people sharing their experiences, others listening to their experiences and understanding the nuance in those and being able to say, you know what? Okay. So we have to be cognizant of this in our area of expertise, right? We have Mm -hmm. to make sure that this is something that we are actively talking about, even when it comes to those people that have power and that have a platform, right? And you, and it's not saying that you are, this is not saying that, Oh, you know, everybody that has power is misusing it. No, but this truthfully is saying now that we know that this exists now that we've heard the ways in which it, it has impacted some other people, let's figure out how we can proactively prevent, prevent these types of situations from coming up or create an avenue where a person can have these conversations, can report these things without any type of like, uh, consequences, negative consequences on them as a result of coming forth and be truthful. Um, and so, and, and again, not to like take anything away from it or become a negative Neil or anything, but I, I just want to make sure that we understand that the power in the hashtag really comes from the awareness of it and then what we do as a response to it. Yeah, and it's it, I did see somebody post like don't feel pressured to share your story online too. Yeah, because I think it was it was causing pressure. But one of my friends posted like you don't have to feel pressure to use me too if you've experienced um, sexual assault, sexual harassment. You know, you don't have to feel pressured to to tell your story to the world. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because it, it's definitely personal and it's definitely not something that in order to be respected that you need to join, you need to join it because um, it happens way more often than not. So um, one thing I do want to say, and it was actually mentioned and I didn't do any research on it before mentioning this, but um, I heard that the hashtag Me Too was actually started like maybe like 10 years ago or something like that by a black lady. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is... um pretty dope i think there's an organization i'm actually going to look for this organization um so that we can because i wanted to get some more information again this is another thing i i feel like ricky smiley needs to give me like a a, a check or something because i'm always pubbing them um, but <laughs> but I, you're I, a ricky smiley ambassador yeah so I, I was listening to the show and he has a uh psychologist that comes on or she could be a psychiatrist forgive me if she is but um, she comes on. Her name is Spirit, and she talks about uh, you know, mental health and 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 uh, relationships and families and things like that. But she started to speak on the hashtag Me Too when she actually put that point out there that it was actually started by a black lady, some like almost seven, almost ten years ago or something like that. And so the and the woman actually she started the hashtag, but she also has an organization as well that she's been doing a lot of work through. And so kind of like the explosiveness of this hashtag came um it's kind of been made popular from one person uh, from a retweet but it actually is something that has been ongoing and so there's an actual organization that is doing the work to have these these conversations difficult conversations in different spaces and trying to teach people how to be proactive about it and so i think that's really dope because you know typically things get kind of go viral and become a big deal and we think that like it's a new phenomenon that just happened and in this case it's not it's actually already been happening oh wow yeah i definitely didn't know that so we definitely want to give props to who props is due not who seemingly deserves props in this moment for right. <laughs> for creating it <laughs> <laughs> Did we have anything else for Mimosa and Orange Juice? Um, uh, not, well, this is not really a thing anymore, but I just want to say, if you're not a comedian, please stop trying to be one <laughs> because it, it's going to always come out bad. And what I want people to realize, and I'm saying this and I respect people's hustle, right? And I, I truly mean that. So I'm not a person that wants to hate on anybody or that's like, oh, no, you you're not this type of person. You can't do it. No, 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 no. I'm not that person. Right. Um, I, I think that honestly, I I feel like we should all we have multiple talents. We should be able to do multiple things. You can be a a chef, a, a, a chef to Lord. God, I sound like I'm on a Medea movie. You could be, <laughs> be a chef and uh, a, a fitness guru and an accountant. You can be all of those things. I truly believe you can be all of those things if you want to be. So I'm not saying that a person has to stick into one lane. But what I am saying is that if you're going to try to be a part of a field, you should probably study it, right? Especially people that look like you in that field, at least study them. And so uh, just real fast, with the thing that happened with Nene Leakes and her, you know, making a comment to the heckler saying like she hopes the Uber driver rapes her on the way home. And people were disappointed and upset and she's she's like losing things as a result of it. But I feel like the true problem is for me and I haven't seen one of her sets besides clips that people would like sneak and record stuff. But everything that I saw, it sounds like she was just like 
you know, just being smart and just talking smack about people. It wasn't truly like there were no jokes. There were really no punchlines. And so for me, it's like, all right, (laughs) you got to know that there's an art to comedy, right? A lot of times comedians are telling stories. They're having, they're addressing difficult discussions um, and like hard topics, like controversial topics. They're addressing those things and making you laugh and doing it. So just getting on stage and kind of talking about somebody, cursing somebody out. Honestly, I feel like we all can do that. And I still feel like that's actually my entire family. So that means that my entire family are comedians, but they don't know the art of writing jokes, or at least I haven't seen them. So I feel like that's one problem. The next problem is the whole thing with like her meeting Paul Mooney and not knowing who he was and having to be, you know, told by her husband, which in all fairness, I'll say if you're a younger person and you don't know older people, <laughs> trying to find some silver lining. Yeah, because I'm trying to say that, like, truthfully, it is you don't have to know everybody. I think realistically, as time goes on, you're not going to know everybody. Right. There's still people that we're still learning about, or at least I'll be honest, say there are people that I'm still learning about, you know, that had great impacts throughout history and they're black people and I love black people and I love black history. And so it's people that I'm still learning about. I'm like, Oh wow. I never knew that. So I think it's possible not to know. But what I do think though, is that if you're going to enter into a space, you should look up the greats and at least try to be familiar with them, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I don't know, having never just not knowing who Paul Mooney was to me was kind of like, okay, um, I think we're we're seeing kind of the problem here. Like you, you're not really you're just doing this for a hustle. Not really, you're a part of, that you're like actually want to be a part of, and it's fine. Like whatever, but yeah, if you're gonna try to be a comedian, be like an actual like knowledgeable comedian, and or otherwise just don't do it because we can all talk noise and curse people out. That's pretty easy. I think you summed it up perfectly. Be a real comedian. But y'all, let us know what y'all <laughs> think about mimosas and orange juice. Hit us up, hashtag ChatBC on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. And we'll be back for our main dish. All right, guys, we're back with our main dish and... This week, we're going to dive right into it. So um, this week's main dish was inspired by a Facebook post that I actually made. Um, I was kind of in deep thought and just kind of, you know, thinking about some things that I've been like working through lately um, through writing. And I talked about I think I talked to you guys about this before, like I journal. And so a lot of times I'll journal about things and I go back and kind of read like uh, journals from a few months ago or this same month last year just to see, you know, if I'm still thinking the same thing, if I've come to like a realization that I didn't have. And so in doing so, I actually kind of thought about one of uh, a personal issue that I've been having. And it, 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 it started, I made this Facebook post or whatever, and it started some conversations with some of my friends. But so I'll just read the first part of it. And is the statement that I made was I'm learning that it's not what they said about me. That was the problem. The problem was that I believed in their words over my own. And so this kind of inspired our discussion today of wanting to talk about um, kind of living your life 
and and basing yourself and your existence off the uh, views and opinions of other people. And it's something that I'll just be transparent and say, personally, I think I kind of, to some degree, had grown to expect that as like a norm, um, just on just based on how I was raised and, you know, things kind of being very like, you know, you got to do this and, and you, you are this person or you're this person and you're not this and you are this and you, and so it kind of taught me in a, in, in to some degree to just look for outside confirmation or, or thoughts or opinions in order to figure out what I was doing right, wrong, or indifferent, or what I should be doing and kind of use that as like a gauge to move forward. And so I just kind of want to talk about that and talk about like um, a few things related to that, but kind of one of the main things is what are the problems with that? Um, and so I can, I can kick it off or I can give my statement. I know I talk a lot or you can kick it off. No, or... you, you good. You can okay. Go. All right. So one of the things that kind of, and again, I don't want to get too personal, um, but it does come from a, this topic does come from a very personal place of me realizing that it's something that I, I, I done. And some, in some cases I still kind of have problems with doing. Um, and so in making the post, I actually got about six or seven different people, uh, text me and kind of be like, Hey, are you all right? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Did, did my post sound sad? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be sad. And it was like, no, it was very vulnerable. And I'm not used to seeing your post that way, but I understand exactly where you're coming from. Can we talk about it? And so I end up having, you know, conversations with about seven different people um, about this topic in general. And I think that the problem that comes with this and just kind of listening to other voices over your own or hearing other opinions or views over your own is that you get lost in it good and bad. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, and it's what I was telling one of my friends is, so we always think about the bad. We always think about, you know, this person told you, you, um, I don't know, you couldn't obtain a degree. And so you thought that you couldn't obtain a degree. And then you obtain the degree and as opposed to just being like, you know what, I proved them wrong. You kind of still hung on to that idea of like, well, what else do they think I can't do? And let me like do that too. Um, and so we think about it in that way and we find kind of motivation to push ourselves through it. But sometimes I feel like good comments as well. If you take those things to heart too much, those can be problematic because then you start to look for people to affirm what you're doing. And if you should be doing it and if it's good and realistically, at some point in time, especially if you're doing things like, you know, entrepreneurship or something that is different from what anybody can conceive, people can give you good feedback or not give you good feedback and you don't really know if you're doing the right thing and you can't really find your voice in it. I've been watching a, a, a few different interviews. Um, I think the latest one, two of the latest ones that I watched of like breakfast club interviews and Angie Martinez, Tinez was TD Jakes and uh, Charlemagne's with Angie Martinez. And to some degree, I think they both kind of touched on this idea of somebody not being able to see their vision but they had a vision and they hung on to the vision and now they're living the vision. And so what it made me think about is that like, 
if they were so invested on the times that people told them yay or gave them kudos, they wouldn't be where they are today. And they are very successful. Both of them, they have national, international platforms um, that they can use to do a number of things. But that came from having a vision for themselves. And even when they didn't get that positive affirmation or the positive affirmation that they got from the person that's usually kind of like affirming them, it went against what their view was, but they were still able to move forward. And so I think it's twofold when it comes to this thing. I think that it's not just the bad stuff that you get, but I think some over relying on the good stuff, too, can be problematic. Yeah, I definitely agree, because I think um th- there's a quote that says don't take people's criticism don't let criticism go to your head don't let pr- don't let criticism go to your heart don't let praise go to your head something yeah, like that yeah yeah and i think that's you know kind of at the crux of this whole thing because you know when you're doing something i can speak for myself in my field and me be- trying to trailblaze and being an african-american woman and i'm constantly getting praises and I have to check myself like, do you're not that great. Like, girl, you're not, it's not, you're not all that. Like God is using you as a vessel, but it's not really, there are people smarter, better, that are more capable, but you do have to watch that because then every situation you go in, you'll think I'm, you're obligated to big up what I'm doing. Right. Right. And you could get, you could get dependent and I'm constantly having to like check myself. Like, do I want somebody's praise or do I want, you know, do I want that? Because if I, if I'm stuck on their praise, their criticism will crush me. Absolutely. That's, that is it. <laughs> that <laughs> so, really is it. Um, I think it's something that could really happen where you're seeking the approval of people because you're constantly getting it. And it's very, very hard. Like, I think you have to, for me, I have to challenge myself and it was funny. I was talking to some friends last Sunday evening and I was telling them how I felt like this group of people wasn't really they were kind of trying to recreate what I was doing. And they were like, well, isn't that what you're doing it for? So I think so I'm thinking they're going to like be on my side and they're like, well, that's that means you need to check your motives. Right. Was, right. Dang. Um, so true. So. I think, you know, those kinds of things, like when you get constant praise, you want to hang on to it. Right. And, I, and it, it create it creates a problem, too, because you become overly dependent on an external view. Um, and I think that this whole process that I've I've been that I've been going through and just kind of looking at things and, and, and trying to consider it. So I think it's important to also know what the root uh, cause of doing this um, and this can be something that as, let me kind of back up and preface this by saying that this could be something that you might not do it in every aspect of your life. Um, and it might just be like in one particular area, it could be in your professional life. It could be in like, you know, in, in how you view your ability to, to, to move forward in your career or to change careers. Um, I think too, this also comes into play when we are trying to step into a new field or to a new area that people may not know us for, right? I feel like people build, especially in our times of social media, people build the understanding and the perception of who you are. Um, 
based on what you give them from social media. That's not all that you are. It's just a part of you, right? And so if people know you for being an educated person and an educator, if you say that I'm going to switch focus from being a teacher in the classroom and, I don't know, do fashion, people really would look like, wait, 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 it's confusing. Like, how do you just jump from one from the other? What are you doing? You're lost. You need to figure it out. Like, what's going on? And it's like, no, 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 you aren't. That's not... That's not a problem if that's what you want to do and you want to be fully invested and committed into that thing. Um, And you do that. And so you do all the work that goes in it. So I feel like this comes into play, too, even if you know who you are, you know how to listen to your own voice. But sometimes that'll come into play again when you have to reassess or or change something up or kind of like go against what people expect of you. Um, and so I say that to say that I think it's important to realize where these things come from. And so in some cases, it could just be like a, a back in the day thing. Like for myself, I had to realize that this is something that stems from childhood. Um, it's something that I felt like for for the longest time, I was I was never allowed to to make fully my own decision in some some cases i had to do what somebody else thought was right um Mm -hmm. and 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 when but they would always tell me to oh you know go do this and then when i would do it my way i was always like completely ridiculed for it because it just was horrible but then once i did it your way that was acceptable i still got critique but it's a lot less critiquing than you just doing it that way so i feel like you kind of that trained my mind to listen to the outside as opposed to the inside but i know for other people honestly it could be you know something that just kind of happened in and as a result of a relationship right you lost confidence in yourself um or your ability to define you in a certain way because you always got this response from this person that wasn't the best um and so that just kind of like robbed you of your ability to hear yourself and so the next thing i just want to talk about with that is um how do you recognize if this is you or if this is something from like that you're getting from somebody else like if 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 i'm this person let's say that i'm randall and i say that hey i'm a writer and (laughs) i i want to be a writer and I, I think that I'm good at writing. How do I know that I'm making this choice because it's something that I want to do or something that was pressed upon me by somebody else? I think one of the ways is check your passions. Yeah. Like, see what you're passionate about. Because there's certain things, like, people tell me to do all the time. I, I'm i the opposite of you, Randall. I hate writing. Yeah. So. People tell me, oh, you should write. And then I go to sit down and write. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, you have to know, is this something I'm really passionate about? Or is this people trying to mold my destiny by what they think sh- it should be? Yeah. And not what I'm designed to, to be. Right. I think that's one of the one of the steps I would use. What what do you think? No, I I absolutely agree. I think checking your I think checking your passion, but honestly just I think alone time um really kind of helps you get into the space to figure out what you want. I think if you take away all of the whenever you do something, this is something I've I've learned to do for myself. Whenever I do something, if I do something and at some point in time, I start to think about what people are going to say. I immediately say, okay, so why am I doing this? 
Um, mm-hmm. because that typically, and just for me and, 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 and my position, I'm starting to realize that that typically is kind of like my trigger. It's my switch because certain things I'm going to do regardless. I don't care what you say, right? I'm, I'm going to do it. And it's something as trivial as <laughs> I was talking to friends, a bunch of people that have watched like the show, what the, the, the Netflix thing, what the health, right? And they talk about, oh, you know, meat is so bad and you shouldn't be eating meat. And this is so horrible. And I've been in a space where I have people that are vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian. And they were all talking about the benefits of, you know, them, what they're doing and how it's changed their life. And I was sitting there and I was like, can I get an order of wings? <laughs> and my friend was like, you going to order the chicken wings? And I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Like He's like, you don't feel a sense of judgment? I don't give a... I'm eating my chicken wings. Like, I like chicken wings. I'm going to eat my chicken wings. And as although that's trivial, for me, that type of motive that I have in the moment is I don't really care what you think about what I'm doing. This is what I want. And this is what I think is best for me. And so I'm going to move in that space because this is what I want to do. And if I get to a place where I figure out that chicken wings are bad for me, or maybe I don't want to eat them no more, then I'll make adjustments, but I'm making it for me. And so for me, if I can't do that same thing in another situation, then I start to think, okay, so why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want approval from somebody? Am I doing this because this is what people expect me to do? Am I doing this because I'm afraid of not being, you know, met with uh, pleasantries or people being proud of me? Or am I doing this because it's truly what I want to do? There was a quote that I just heard the other day that somebody was like, "Um, you're not making brave. I'm really butchering this, but it was like, you're not making brave decisions or no brave person has not uh, made someone uncomfortable or made someone upset. And basically I took that and kind of just internalized it to me. Truthfully, like I'm not doing what's right for me if I'm always trying to make sure that I'm like satisfying everybody else, or I'm trying to make sure that everybody feels comfortable what I'm doing. And then that, that when I'm doing that, that's me defining me by what their views are or their perceived views, as opposed to just being like, this is me. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to move forward. So I think that to to answer that question for me it's more of like just being mindful of like what happens what your response to when you're doing something if you start to think about what are the people going to think heavily i'll say that cuz at some point in time i mean i don't know you probably will think like oh people are going to be shocked or this person's going to be shocked but i feel like if you start to put too much thought or consider how many people are going to have something to say, perhaps you're not doing this for the right reasons. And so you might need to take a step back and realize, okay, so why am I doing this? What's my motivation behind this? What do I want to get out of this? What's my next step? Another thing is knowing your end goal or what you want your end goal to be. So like, how is this going to put me in the path to what I say my end goal is? If it's not, then why am I doing it? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I just doing this just to make somebody else happy? Or truly, am I doing this because something good is going to come from it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's dope and very helpful. Because we have to consider, like, if our motives are tied into other people's opinion, or if our motives are tied to us fulfilling our purpose and our destiny. 
Right, right. Yeah. And so one of the things, though, um, that we, we talked about and I think it's helpful in this discussion about people's views of you and people putting their, their intentions on you um, is understanding that a lot of things that people say to us are projections. Um, people are projecting themselves on the people around them, right? So if somebody doesn't think that they can lose weight, they're probably not going to be the most supportive of you because they can't do it themselves. If somebody doesn't think that they can go, one of the the, the, the biggest examples, and I kind of like teeter with using this, and I won't get specific, but I'll just kind of say it because this is in making that this actual post and going through it, this was something that really bothered me. And I actually re- didn't realize that I put it in a, a journal that I wrote before. So going to college, right? I'm a first generation college student. Um, and so I didn't know the ins and out of how to do things, how to apply uh, financial aid, finding housing, all of that stuff. I didn't know any of that stuff, right? So a lot of that I had to figure out on my own. Um, And that came by way, when I say figure out on my own, that came by way of like going to ask people, um, having to just call, you know, faster and be like, hey, what's this? What what does this do? And I had to fill those things out myself. So anyway, there was a whole process of me going through that. Well, I didn't actually apply to college until probably I probably sent my first application out May of my senior year, which everybody knows that's super duper late, super, super late. Um, And so this family member of mine, I remember going to them and saying like, hey, you know, I think I was going by to show them um, like the the last printouts of like my senior photos or something like that. And this family member was like, so what's going on with college? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go like it's going to happen. And they were like, have you applied? And I was like, nah. And they were like, you don't really want to go to college, do you? And it's like, no, yeah, I do want to go to college. And they're like, well, college is, everybody's not college material. And I don't think you're really college material. And it's okay to say that. I think you're just afraid to say it. And it's like, no, that's not what I feel. And it's like, now I just think if we look at your grades and like just how you respond, you don't seem like somebody that want to go to college. Like other kids, you know, they were knocking down the doors. This other person in your life, they were like applying for college when they were in the 10th grade and they were, you know, just on top of it and doing college tours and stuff like that. And you don't seem to be that person. So I don't think you really want to go to college. I just don't think it's for you. And I think it's better for you to figure that now than to go and to waste people money. And so, yeah, so that was like, and this was, you know, a pretty significant person in my life at the time. So it was like, this is the response that I got. But what's interesting, though, is I realized that that was a projection of that person's life experience. That person never went to college, but always said that they wanted to go, always had certain hopes and dreams for themselves and things that they wanted to do. But those things never happened. <laughs> and so now I realize and it's something that I actually have held on to for a while. And I truthfully kind of still hold on to it to some degree. But I realized that that was a projection of them. They looked at me and they found similarities to maybe how they were. Right. Maybe they they probably I don't think that they applied for college earlier. Um, I don't think that they were, uh, you know, and a straight A student 
or, you know, super excellent. One thing that is interesting and that is another another level of that is I graduated from a college preparatory high school. So like doing average at my school was like doing above and beyond at like an, a regular school. So that was a whole nother level of like, wait, what's happening? And it just kind of further confirmed to me that this is a projection of them. This has nothing to do with me truthfully. Um, and it wasn't meant to hurt me. It was truly them trying to rationalize what they saw with who they are. And so in doing that, I think it's important. I had to learn that, hey, wait, sometimes people are going to project things on me. And so another reason that I can't accept people's view and I can't listen to what other people are saying is because those comments and statements are projections from from themselves to me. And so they in turn are essentially trying to make you them. And maybe they don't realize it. Right. Maybe they're not doing it from a place of like. I'm so malicious and I'm so bad and I'm nothing or I'm, I didn't do it. So you can't do it either. I don't think they're trying to do that, but I think it's just truthfully like, Hey, you know, I'm not a bad person and I didn't do that. And I think it's fine to say that you're not that person, you know, here, here we are years later and I have multiple degrees and you know, all of these things that I've been able to do in college before, before college, after college. Um, and you know, that comes from that that I that's the same person that quote unquote didn't like that didn't want to go to college or that was not necessarily the college material, if you will. And again, it just further confirms that like, yo, this is why I can't listen. And this is why we can't listen to other people's. And we have to get into a space where we can quiet down and figure out who am I? What do I want? What do, what am I going to do? How am I going to do that? What places do I need to go to get help to do those things? And how do I move forward? Because otherwise, if I hear other people's projections of me, I'll internalize those projections and then I'll start to live out that projection and I'll become just like that person and still receive ridicule because as opposed to following what I knew I could be, I just follow what they were, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's true. Like when people are projecting things on you, I think one of the things too is that people are that sometimes do that live in deep regret right and so in order to ease their regret they say hey they're projecting like you said what they couldn't do onto you but also if they stop you from doing it it eases their regret like oh okay they didn't they didn't do it either so it it soothes their conscience it's a way they're conscious of what they didn't do. Like, okay, they didn't do it either. So it makes me, okay. Like, you know how you feel better when people, you know, when you, when you fail a test. I was just about to say that. Yeah. I ain't the only dummy. Okay. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Right. I'm not the only dummy. The the effect of it is them trying to soothe themselves. And two, I think the second part of that is that some people, don't know your capabilities fully and they want to protect you from failure. Yeah. So when people have limited your capabilities, not necessarily out of their own insecurities, but what they haven't seen you do and they don't know you're fully capable of doing it. They don't want you to disappoint. This comes usually from people who love you deeply, but still don't know your, your biggest capability. Your, your, you know what I'm saying? Because some people, they can know you and that familiarity breeds kind of like this 
this thing where like I don't the, know, the, this expectation of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And you haven't necessarily you haven't necessarily showed them all you're capable of. So you see this, I think what Jay Z said it when he talked about him and his mom and he was saying that his mom really didn't believe he was a celebrity until I think she saw him on T V mm-hmm. or something. And he was like, Mom, I'm doing all this stuff and she was just like, Oh, okay. Like she didn't really and I think she still wanted him to do something else. Right. And he right. was like, I'm really I'm really like famous. But she didn't believe it till he, he met her standard of what fame was. Right. You know, that she didn't so it wasn't that she was projecting necessarily her fears on him. It's just that she wanted him to be successful and she didn't want him to be disappointed. And I think that's another level of when people kind of don't think you can do something. Sometimes it's their way of trying to protect you yeah. from disappointment. That's actually really good. Cause I've, I've, I've never considered it in that way from that space. Um, and I think it, it, it definitely does make sense. I will say though, once you being a, a person and realizing that people are capable of doing that, I feel I still feel like that is damaging um, because I don't want to limit personally. I don't want to limit anybody to what I just see, see of them. Right. Because I don't mm-hmm. know everything. I haven't seen everything for myself at this stage of my life. I know what I've been able to accomplish. But in my mind, I have so much more to do. I'm not done. You know what I'm saying? Like there's still so many things that like dreams that I to have that I don't I didn't know were possible that I wasn't able to dream at a different level in life which gets into a whole other conversation and what's interesting too is um there was this one interview that I watched and I forget who the person was saying but they were basically saying like you know I get new dreams new dreams come all the time and then i turn i change those dreams that like the dreams that i have i'll decide which ones are ones that i actually have passions for and i turn those dreams into goals and then i once i set that goal then i accomplish that goal and then i start to look at and focus on other dreams and in saying that, what I took from it is I realized that, yo, at certain levels of life, you are not able to think certain things are possible. You didn't even know it was out there. You didn't know that was a thing. Right. And so a lot of people, I think we kind of get so bogged up about hearing about folks that had a dream when they were like five years old and they worked their whole life to get their dream. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they you know, that dream came about. And we expect that to be all they did and all that, you know, that that was like, you just got to have this one, this one dream. And then you achieve that. And then you ride the rest of your life off of that. And it's like, no, it's possible for you to have a dream when you're five years old and you become that. But it's possible for you to have a dream. When you're five year old and that change when you're 10 and it changes your 15, it changes your 20, it changes your 25. And you've worked your way through those different things or realize, hey, this is what I can do. This is what's important to me all things considered as I realize where I'm at in life, here's the next level of what I can do. You couldn't have told me, I couldn't have told you 10 years ago that one of my dreams was to do a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was. (laughs) So (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I don't, I can't tell you that, but once certain things start to open up for me, it's like, no, 
I want to have a podcast, right? And I want to take this podcast and I want to elevate and grow this and do some other things as a result of this. But then I have other dreams that I'm also changing to goals as well. So I think that in doing, because we realize that I don't know everything about myself and I'm continuing to grow, then I have to also look at somebody else and say that, hey, you know what? This concerns me because of X, Y, and Z, but I don't want to limit you from doing that because I also know that you still have a lot of growing to do. I also know that I still have a lot of growing to do. So my hope is that you recognize the areas that you might need to grow or mature or to learn and you focus on those. And if that's what you want to do, by all means do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, make that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's good because I mean, Sometimes we and I've done this. I've limited. I've limited people, um, and it's based on my bad interact, negative interaction with them. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about this today. One of my friends was telling me about a friend they had, and they saw something on social media, and the friend was like blowing up, and they were just like, mm, "I don't know, you know, if this really legit." And they was like, "You know, people post stuff on social media." And they're flogging. And so as he's saying that to me, I was like, what? You know, I know the other person too. And I was just like, I think they're, you know, it's all things considered. I think it's really, they're really doing good work. And I, I, before I could get, man, I think you being too hard on them, like uh, give them space to grow. I heard that like, dang, Lisa, you doing that to somebody else. And so (laughs) it's, it's, Oftentimes, sometimes our negative interaction with people, we limit them in their growth and their ability to change and transform and go through processes because just because you've had a negative interaction with a person doesn't mean everybody has. Right. Um, and it's hard sometimes to conceive that when you're disappointed and hurt and frustrated. But that doesn't mean everybody's had that same negative interaction. It could be the place you met them in time and life. Um, the level of closeness y'all had different things and factors can contribute that so it's like we have to give people that space to grow even when we've had negative experiences with them it also could just be that you know you and your expectation and level is just not what's gonna mess with them um Mm -hmm. and and i think that because i've been able to what's interesting is i kind of I remember being in a situation where I wasn't on the best of terms with somebody and somebody else was talking about that person and like, oh, you know, we just met and this person's so great and yada, yada, yada. And in like three seconds, I had to say, I was like, well, it's all a scam. And then I had to shift, (laughs) shift from it's a scam to, well, be careful to, you know what, it may be that case for you. Right. And y'all and y'all, your interactions, your level of expectations, you know, your personalities, maybe things work in that way for you. And so what I don't need to do is to kind of, you know, dim somebody else's shine light or star, if you will, um, because I feel like I've gotten a different. It may be that for you. And that's OK. And I actually hope that is all of those great things for you because you know it's a scam for me and i'm just gonna call it a scam until for myself i'm gonna always call it a scam until i see actual receipts otherwise yeah joanne the scammer you gotta get out of my face i'm just playing (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, no, no. But I, I, I think though that people, we say this all the time. People are nuanced in that, you know. I might be one thing for you, but I might be a completely different thing for somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. And so it is. a Or they might not need them to be that. Exactly. Some, yeah. Especially if you had close friends exactly. and, you, and they were supposed to occupy a certain space in another friendship. It might not bother the other person because they're like, oh, I got other close friends. So it's not like I need you to be that for me. I could just be. We could just be cool, but there's no expectation for a lot of depth. Right, and so right, you're like right. trying to figure out, well, how can they get along? And it's like, well, that person really got like other people. But if this was your go to person and they're just not capable of that, it it's not going to bother somebody who doesn't desire that from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and, 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 and again, that's another it's kind of like in this conversation, I feel like we've we've, we've talked about projections and then also pr- like checked ourselves in terms of projections, because what's always interesting, though, is that it's easy to call out certain things um, when it's done to us. But it's, it's not as easy to be able to call it out when we do it. And I think that's some, something that we have to be mindful of in the quest of, you know, living based on our own views and definition of ourselves and not being clouded by like the views of other people outside of us. We also have to be mindful of the things that we are putting on people, the way in which our views or thoughts of a, of somebody may also be shaping them. Right. And, 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 and not for the better. Um, and, and we may feel justified in doing it and we may feel right, but you know, at some point in time, I have to let go of the fact that I think you're a scam and just be like, you were scammed then. <laughs> and maybe you're not a scam anymore, but I don't know about that. So, like, I just got to let it go as opposed to continue to perpetuate something or to put something out that may potentially limit somebody and cause the same issue that I'm saying is bad. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think that's yeah. So you guys let us know what y'all think. Hit us up and let it, let us know what y'all think about this. I actually, um, like I said, I had a conversation with a number of friends about the post that I made. So I really thought it, it's, it's beneficial. It's something that, you know, we go through at different stages in life um, in different areas. Like I said, it could be just you trying to redefine yourself or you trying to break into a new industry. And it's so hard for people to understand it. And it's like you keep looking for external factors to figure out if you're doing it the right way or if you're doing it the wrong way or what's good or bad about you, as opposed to you defining that and moving in that space and being patient to see the results of doing so. So hit us up. Use the hashtag chat BC. Um, and also hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And we will be back with our Toaster Roast. And we're back with our Toast or Roast. Today, I want to toast um, Cheryl Fortune. She has a new CD. Uh, figure it out. I had to drive uh, five hours from Jacksonville to our to Atlanta for some meetings this week and I listened to figure it out on the way there because I listened to the audiobook on the way back but on the way there I listened to figure it out and some other songs on repeat that's how amazing the album is so I just want to toast to show a fortune and, and another reason I want to toast is because she was involved in a um a, a marriage with James Fortune who has confessed to 
physically and verbally abusing her. And I think it's so interesting that he still gets, he has a new song, I Forgive Me, which no shade to him. I'm thankful that he's getting help and finally realizing that what he did was a problem. But it just seems like he's getting more shine for repenting of what he did. And she's not getting as much. And Mm. I think, you know, we need to lift up her and celebrate her for surviving that trauma for so long and still having the courage to produce an album and not letting her not letting that get her down even though he's in the public space sharing their story sharing the story and getting praise for being open you know what i'm saying right about it and she's not getting nearly as much and so i just want to lift her up and celebrate the album and celebrate her because she was the one who experienced that and so um shout out to cheryl fortune get that cd support her and um, let her know, she said on Instagram, let her know what your favorite song is. I think that encouraged, because she actually responded to mine when I posted on Instagram. Nice. And so I think, you know, she she needs that encouragement because, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's hard to see, like, him still getting shine for confessing that he hurt you and then people not celebrating you as much as they are celebrating him. So Scam. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But I, I agree. I'm sorry. I was, I was just playing y'all. I don't, I don't know this that man. Like, like, it yeah. rolled up his like, That's what I felt in that moment. It felt like you know we was just talking about scams. But he, honestly, I don't. I don't know. The, I, I don't know him that depth. I don't know the story that well. So, but yeah, it does no shade to him. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, people can repent and get over things, but. I think we have a tendency, though, to not when we like a person um, and we feel tied to especially their artwork, we're a lot more forgiven of them than somebody that is kind of like this newbie that seemed to be coming out of the out of the woodworks or may not be. We may not be as familiar with where it's a it's a lot easier for us to forgive something that we like than to be introduced to something that's like, hey, this actually probably should get more of our attention than this other thing in this space because or get the same amount of attention but you know we're not as open like once we got our thing it's kind of like well i gotta rock with you and not rock with somebody else um so yeah um i'll actually make this i kind of want to make this so i was going back and forth about doing this uh roast something that was really frustrating but i know that i always say i'm gonna make them fast and then i don't make them fast so i'm just gonna leave make this very simple um and just say that in light of what's going on with this uh, love and hip hop reality personality, Hazel E and, and Charlamagne gave her the donkey of the day. Apparently she, her and her boyfriend said some very inflammatory things about the LGBT community. And a lot of people, you know, were really upset and, and with, with writing, you sh- we definitely should be because it's just a lot of ignorance and stupid stuff that people are saying. She also made some very ignorant comment about dark skinned women, um, and she started talking about women being able to pass the per- the brown paper bag test. And shout out to Charlemagne for actually calling her out for both of them. But one of the things I just want to say is that like the endorsement that she apparently she lost an endorsement. Um, I saw in the shade room with like a shoe company and they spoke to the issue with her uh, calling out the LGBT community and how they don't agree with that. But I would have loved for them to show the same type of solidarity with dark skinned women and, and, and the the statements that were made to them, because 
is first off is extremely ignorant. It's hurtful that she's a part of the community and feels this way. But then she said something too, like her mom kept her away from dark skinned girls because she always told her that they were hate on her because she's light skinned. And the apology that she gave was specifically to the LGBT community, but not to her, not to uh, her own community. She's a black woman, and so that that that's frustrating to me and i just want to roast people that don't see the problem with both um people that think that or accept that you know well she's gonna she apologized for what she said she was in the heat of the moment for that but you're not realizing that she still hasn't apologized to dark-skinned women and that is a problem um that's a problem because you're a part of the black community and truthfully people on the outside don't don't look at you as like oh well she's of the lighter hue so let's give her at the end of the day if you piss them off then you're gonna become just like anybody else and i just think it's so ignorant and so dumb for a person to continue to perpetuate those ideas and then to say that you know my mom essentially taught me that i should steer clear of darker women because they gonna hate on me because i'm light-skinned and it's like yo that means nothing to nobody but you and your household like nobody's out here checking for you you don't get a special cookie you don't get a special crown um don't give me this whole like house negro versus field negro because if you were with a poor slave master and you were a slave you did whatever he needed you to do whether you was dark-skinned light-skinned you did the work that was needed to be done so it's it's just a really ignorant thing um and it frustrates me that people aren't as livid about what she said about dark skinned women as 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 she the other thing she said both of them are in my opinion extremely ignorant and she should receive any type of backlash that she's getting for both of the statements but i it it kind of feels that people are not really as upset with her about the the things that she said about dark-skinned women i think that that is equally disgusting and ignorant and people should be really pissed off with her and just you know she should be losing things for both so i'm roasting those people that seem to not forget it and i'm not roasting her because i mean who is she um so let's move on to this week's uh uh good vibe our good vibe this week is um, everything worth doing starts with being scared. Again, that is yeah. everything worth doing starts with being scared. And I just feel like, I mean, you know, we could talk for days about that. Anything in life that you do, if you're doing it and you're not comfortable and you're always comfortable, everybody's probably doing it. You're probably doing something that's so easy. Anything that you do that is really um, going to be, that's going to stand out. That's going to really shape you and change you and mold you. You're going to be scared to do it. You're going to get uncomfortable, but that, that scaredness and that, that discomfort is truly what's going to shape you and make the changes. So make sure you guys use the good vibe for this week. Um, remember it, share it with some people and that's going to wrap up this week's episode. As always, we thank you guys so much for rocking with us here at brunch culture. Uh, we thank you for your feedback. You guys have definitely been hitting us up personally and giving us your feedback and just letting us know what you think about the show. Um, I'll apologize for us being gone for a week is so much going on with, uh, my schedule that i couldn't really lock it in um yeah and mine too has been crazy yeah so we've we just kind of been out here working on other things all good things but we never forget brunch culture uh brunch culture is definitely at the forefront of our hearts and our minds and so when we don't talk we're, we don't record the show it literally is like i'm like oh we got to get back on at least it's like no when are we gonna make it happen so 
as always, guys, thank you for uh, for rocking with us. Um, remember, hit us up on our website at www.brunchculturebc.com, uh, Twitter at Brunch Culture, and Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And as always, remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.